All right, welcome back to the Thought Thread Podcast. My name is Steve Carr. I am the creator, the original, uh, original? I'm the original. I am original. I am the originator of the Thought Thread. What it is is a stream of consciousness. It's more like a state of mind. No, the Thought Thread is a series of links that I send out twice a month, two times a month, so that you can read from diverse thought and idea, see how they integrate and challenge your own thinking. So I know what you're thinking. Where, Steve, where can I find this thought thread? You, answer, you can find it on my website, houseofcar.com, C-A-R-R, houseofcar.com slash thread. Go there, and not only can you read this thread and the articles and all that I link there, you can actually subscribe to it and get in your inbox. So if you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you found it on my website. If not, go there. It'll be a good thing. So just to give you the ground rules, every, every thread, I have a theme. And the theme of this thread that I have chosen is based upon a text. And this is the sermon Bible teaching that I have attached to the thought thread this week. It's from our teachings in Psalms. I've had this series in the book of Psalms. This is from Psalm 127, which is not a long psalm, but I entitle it Trash Formation. Trash Formation. And it's really talking about how we live in this day and age where we are figuring recycling out really well. And I believe Psalm 127 speaks at a higher level contextually to this idea that if you want to say trash formation, how we have junk in our lives and yet God can redeem that, hence this term trash formation. I can't remember if I made that up or not. But either way, trash formation, Psalm 127 talks about this idea, yes, The thread for this week is the word recycle. And when I thought of recycle, really, my mind went back to the days of my youth to a certain frog named Kermit who once sang. It's not that easy being green Having to spend each day the color of the leaves Kermit. He just sounds so sad. I wish I could have... Fix that. Just even including that song put me in a state of depression. But okay, thread is recycle. Let's hop into some of the articles in the thread and tell you why I picked them out. The first one is an article about recycle-based learning, and I did this because I wanted to introduce you to a thinker that I read years ago and uh, became familiar with him, a a researcher named David Kolb, who in the mid-'80s Um, created what you would call a learning cycle that was experiential, which is basically recycling learning. And, you know, the thing for me is, is I look to impact my thinking. I'm just always trying to figure out process. And the thing I still believe holds up in what Kolb uh, projected is this idea that we do learn more. It becomes more firm into our our, our brain, our, you know, if we want to say how we are wired, if you can have experiences, if you can learn through experiences, it's helpful. And for those of you who are teachers, communicators that do this on a weekly basis, I think it's important to integrate thinking cycles into how we convey information. There's so much information that people are consuming. You have to think about how the audience is processing it. So a brief introduction from a website called skillhub.com introduces you to Kolb's 
uh, methodology of experiential learning styles, what they mean, and how you can integrate it. I found it compelling. If we're talking recycling, you know, I didn't want to get into some deep environmental study, but something that I think impacts many of us is how we treat our tech. And that's the thing that being in this modern digital world, there's always a new release, a new item that is better than the previous iteration. So when you get your new phone, you're left with your old phone. You know there are places where you can go deposit and recycle those. But the thing from this Wired article, and if you know Wired, they are all things tech and gadget. What this Wired article talks are, what are the ways that you can actually repurpose old tech? And the reason I like this article is this is something that I have done in my own life. I have taken old laptops, which are the worst, right? Because you just are like, look, this laptop's on its last legs. It might not be useful for what I want to use it for, but it's not a brick, you can take old tech and use it for new things. It offers some ways to do this. I know you could also find that on the YouTubes, but a brief article just to get your mind wandering about what to do with all of your old technology. The third article that I linked to is from the New York Times, and you should be able to get this unless you are um, going there so much that you're behind the paywall, but you should be able to access this article and it is about the repurposing of churches. And this is an article that I came across um, last fall, and I just hung on to it because I found it interesting. I had an experience where our young church plant was running out of church, tried to acquire the building from the church that was closing down. They chose instead to sell the building to an individual who made it into a mansion. So took what was a church for over 100 years, and that building was then repurposed into a home. And still, the very thought of that grates on me. So you might read this if you're a person of faith, if you are employed by a church. You might read this Times article about the repurposing of churches. I, I, I like to show this because it provides some um, data about what has happened into these buildings. They actually have interactive video with it as well. But from a missional standpoint, you're looking at it and you're just trying to say, okay, then what is the value of a building? And really, within my day job, when I help churches in solving the financial challenges of facilities, I think about this a lot because it's just trying to say, okay, what is then the value of the buildings in which we meet? We, as more um, non-denominational Christians, you see this trend to be buildings that are less architecturally beautiful and more utilitarian. You know, they end up being boxes with a few windows and taking advantage of uh, visual effects and lighting to set the mood inside. Uh, Church architecture, I've been fascinated about it. I should tell you, disclose that our our church actually found another old church building to meet in. So I've been blessed for the past 15 years to worship in the midst of some beautiful stained glass. But these types of articles talking about repurposing of churches, I think it's helpful for us, whether we're people of faith or not, to really consider the value of space and what that means um, to ourselves spiritually. So that article for you. Now, I did throw an article in here from Nautilus, which is my uh, it, it is a like a monthly digital magazine that offers articles. 
usually around a theme itself. This one, I just, you know, I'm going to shoehorn it into this idea of recycling. It's called the weak case for grit. To understand this fully, you might want to search on my website uh, for grit. I actually reviewed that or shared the book notes of that. Uh, I don't know what thread it was. It was a while ago, but you can Google it. And if you're unfamiliar with this, there is a uh, professor, her name was Angela Duckworth. I thought she taught at Ivy League somewhere. But either way, um, she was like a MacArthur Grant winner. She has an incredible CV. She wrote an incredibly popular book in the early 20-teens called Grit, talking about how grit is the actual determining factor in people's success more so than anything else. Became massively popular, but this article I enjoyed it because it's just trying to step back and question, okay, were there things that Duckworth Duckworth assumed? Why do I keep wanting to say quack, 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 Angela Duckworth? That's a a Mighty Ducks reference if you didn't see that coming. Anyway, if you've read the book Grit, I just like to always, when I'm thinking about stuff I enjoy, and I enjoyed her book, but just to even see the counter-argument of it, I think is rather interesting. Um, speaking of books, every thread I try to suggest a book. This one I actually went a little back into the archives as well. This book was one that um, I read, man, I can't remember how long ago. I'm trying to find what the age of this, the age, books don't age. The publication date of that was in 2016. But it was by Jonah Berger, and the book is Contagious. Contagious. And the subtitle is Why Things Catch On. And the thing I really appreciate about what Berger does here is he's just exploring, you know, why do things go viral? Why are things popular? Uh, who are those influencers? So, apt book. Berger teaches at Wharton in their marketing department. It's a good read. If you haven't read it, do it. If you are not sure if you want to make the effort to go get this book, I have included some notes from it that you can peruse and see if it's legit. And at the thread, usually I try to end it with something either I have written or somebody I know has written. This one, um, I actually reached back a little bit into the archives. I never actually pushed this out for consumption, so I'm doing it now. It was something I wrote May of the pandemic year in 2020. And back in May, we were still only a couple months into COVID and quarantine. But I had been going through some old notes, read a quote by Daniel Kahneman, who if you don't know offhand who Daniel Kahneman is and you're into thinking, you need to go back. I reviewed, I reviewed this book and uh, recommended it. Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. He and Amos Tervsky won uh, a Nobel Prize in economics for this book, but it was something from, uh, excuse me, they won the Nobel Prize for the research that made the book Thinking Fast and Slow, and it has become foundational to the way in which people view and see human behavior, even economic behavior. If you're into Michael Lewis's books, uh, Moneyball, the most famous, he actually did a book on these two people that I also, again, I believe... I recommended that previously. But basically, I took a Kahneman quote just about reflecting on what had happened in the past. And early in the pandemic, I'm like, all these people are saying, well, this is what we knew. 
And we really didn't know a lot, did we? I can't imagine that we are here now, and that article was May 21st, so it's almost one year old. And if you had told me here in May of 2021 where we would have been, how long we would have had to deal with the pandemic, and that we're not even fully through it yet, I'm not sure I would have believed you. So something I wrote a year ago, you, it's short read. You might find it interesting. and Maybe you won't find it interesting, but that's okay because when you go through the thread, get it in your inbox. Just let it sit there for a while, and then maybe you come back to articles. I'm telling you is that the reason that I like doing this is that because sometimes I dip and dive back into stuff I've read after I've been doing this for years just to find new insight just to find some different convergent, uh, divergent thinking and just to see what I can learn. So this whole thing, the reason I do the thread, the reason that I've added this podcast is to show the diversity of content and to help you and I become better thinkers. So hopefully, hopefully I've woven that together for you. So that's this thought thread. And that's all I have today. So we'll do this again sometime. Go to my website. Get on the thread interact let me know if you've learned something it's been fun y'all we'll do this again take care